All right, uh, we've been working through a series on uh, Fruit of the Spirit. I think this will be number the fifth message. And we get to the favorite aspect of the Fruit of the Spirit, which is patience. It, which is kind of weird when you look at the Fruit of the Spirit that patience is kind of in there, but it, it is. Let me, uh, let me read the passage we've been working off of, Galatians 5. It says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we've been, we've been working through these. And of course, you know, it starts out with love. And it's like, yeah, we love love. And, you know, we like joy because it makes us happy. And then peace makes us relax. And it's like patience. It's like, what? Uh, this one actually is kind of scary for some people, talking about patience. And, um, and maybe, maybe if you've been a Christian for a while, I've been a pastor for it's like 22 years or so now, but uh, there's this common, what I think is like this, this fear out there that, that kind of goes like this. If you talk about growing in patience or pray for more of it, you better watch out because God's going to make your life really difficult, right? <laughs> Something like that or, you know, like this, right? Uh, don't ever pray for patience. And I've heard that numerous times. People say that because, you know, God's God's going to make it go bad for you, and he's going to make all this trouble, and he's going to throw you in traffic jams. He's going to make that post office Amazon box just not show up for a month, and you're going to have to wait till after Christmas to get your gifts, and, you know, God's going to make your life miserable, you know, because he wants to teach you patience. I mean, there's a little bit of a theme out there, and hopefully you don't have it in you, because uh, it's just kind of a weird thing to me when you consider a God of love and a God who loves you as his dearly loved children. I mean, I couldn't, uh, you know, imagine, you know, when my kids were small, if, you know, one of them was like, Dad, you know, I want to learn how to do patience. I'm like, ha ha, it's about time. Now I get to make your life miserable. You know, I can't wait to make you suffer so you learn patience. Oh, I wouldn't do that. I would, you know, give him some little hints and maybe examples of what it looks like and ways he could grow in. And, and God is a good father. He's not going to make things miserable for you just because you listen to this sermon. In fact, I had someone say that. It's like, I'm not coming to church next week because I know you're talking about patience. Um... And I don't even know if they're here. So maybe, maybe it was true. Uh, Jesus said this. He said, you fathers, if, you, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. And Jesus go, he goes on to say, you know, how much more the Father will give us the Holy Spirit. That, that every good and perfect gift that comes from above is from God. It's, I mean, John 10.10, 10, it's the enemy who kills, steals, and destroys. Those things don't come from God. And so if there are things in your life that are killing and stealing, destroying, they're not from God. That's, Jesus clearly said they're from the enemy. And so don't think by listening to this or even praying for patience that God is going to make things go south. Unless you're going to Mexico, that'd be a good thing, I guess. But um, he, he loves you, and he's always going to lift you up in whatever you want. And if you want to grow in patience, he's only going to love you towards that. In fact, it's very important to note that patience has far more to do with love than I think we might even imagine. And this is why it's part of the, the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, I want to read the love chapter. We did we read part of this when we looked at love, but let me just read this again because there's something that maybe, maybe you didn't even notice. I don't think I even noticed this until I was looking through this. Uh, so 1 Corinthians 13 says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy 
And if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. And then the very next verse, 4, goes into the very definition of agape love, the very definition of love. And guess what the very first thing is? It's patience. I mean, I wouldn't have thought of that. I mean, if I were writing the definitions of love or all the different aspects of love, I don't think patience would be up there in the, in the beginning. But the author who is penning this in Scripture said, you know, I think about the very definition of God's love, agape love, the kind of love that we're shooting for. The first thing he thinks of is patience. And it's kind and love is not jealous or boastful or rude or proud and goes on to see all the things. But, but love is so very closely related to patience and it's why it's a fruit of the Spirit and why it's something that we should all be wanting to grow in. To grow in patience because patience is very much connected with love. If you love someone deeply, you should have patience for them. If you love someone deeply, you're going to overlook some of their struggles. And if you love someone deeply, uh, it's just going to manifest itself in love. Proverb puts it this way, 16. Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. And of course, that was written like 3,000 years ago, back when you know, most tribes and cultures were warrior cultures with warrior gods and you know they they loved warriors who could take cities and they were the heroes of the day and and yet the author of proverbs says you know it's better a patient person than this mighty hero that everybody looks up to and maybe in our world that might be you know rock star movie star whoever is you know amazing hero today proverbs say no that patience is such an important part of our lives that that's what makes someone a hero uh, that when they're manifesting patience and they're showing patience to those around them, that this is what is to, be, is to be held high because that is the first aspect of God's love, according to 1 Corinthians 13, that God is love, He is agape love, and He is patient with, with us. Now, what do we mean when we talk about patience? Patience. Well, here's sort of the dip definition from the dictionary, uh, which is kind of Google now, I guess. Uh, the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. So it's uncomfortable, and yet patience is that we try to learn how to somewhat be comfortable in the uncomfortable. It is, you know, when you're in a long lineup at the grocery store, and you got your kids, and the cashier's very, very slow, and your kids are freaking out, uh, patience is to try to find some calm in that very uncomfortable position. Uh, patience is, you know, when you're showing your little kid how to, you know, pour milk for the 20th time and they're still, still pilling, spilling the milk and having patience that, well, at least they're spilling less, you know, learning patience. Uh, patience is sitting in a, you know, <clears throat> when Highway 6 gets shut down for something and you're stuck there. Having patience, even though you're late for something and, and turning your attention to something else. Uh, having patience is waiting for something to grow, waiting for a person to grow, waiting for something to change in your life, waiting on God. That is patience. It is being, finding comfort in the uncomfortable. This is what we're talking about when we talk about patience. Now, I do want to mention that some people will just naturally have more patience than other people. And some people can really beat themselves up because I just don't seem to have patience and, you know, I'm such a horrible person because I don't have patience. Well, some people will actually just naturally have it more 
than others, depending on your personality, depending on things like your Enneagram number, if you're into that, depending on your spiritual gift. There are certain spiritual gifts that will just naturally have more patience wired in it than others. And I just threw up some examples here. You could take maybe the gift of healing versus the gift of mercy. And so, I mean, let's say after church, I'm walking out there and I fall on the slip on the ice and, you know, I hurt my knee or something. And you have the gift of mercy. You would come up and say, oh, you okay? You know, poor Jesse or whatever you do. I don't know what you do. Uh, but you just, you just be showering me in mercy and having a lot of patience for me to, you know, gently get up and to kind of get up and see if I can walk again. You know, someone who is maybe really manifesting the spirit of healing, you know, might show a quick bit of mercy or you're okay, but they have very good. Let's pray. Let's fix this. Let's make this better. They just tend to have maybe a little less patience in a different way. I mean, it's, they're both loving, but it might look like that gift of healing has a le- less patience, but it's just the way their gift is manifesting. I mean, you can definitely see this between people of the gift of faith or the gift of administration. I mean, you have a problem. The people of the gift of faith are like, ah, this is no problem. God can do it. Let's just move out and let's, let's fix this. And this is our praying and it'll happen. And the, the administrator, which is a spiritual gift from God, is like, well, wait a second. Do we have enough money? Uh, we need to get some people together. We need some contingency plans. No, 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 God, we're going to have to worry about money. God's going to provide. If he's in it, he's just gonna, this is going to happen. And it's like, you don't seem to have any patience with the administrators. Like, what about the insurance? And, you know, this is going to take. And, you know, we've got to make a plan and get this checked with other people. And, and it might naturally look like the person with administration has more patience. But it just manifests differently in different gifts. Or the prophet versus teacher where, you know, some aspect of prophecy, especially calling out things like social injustice and, and poverty and those kind of things. They might be calling out for, you know, we got to make a change. We got to make it now. And the teacher is like, change takes time and we need to slowly teach people and slowly move them along. And, and so different gifts will have different levels of patience. So be careful not to compare yourself with other people, but to really compare yourself with how your gift is manifesting itself in, in love. And other people who are just more antsy sometimes have a hard time with patience because they always think patience just means sitting there doing nothing. And it doesn't always mean that. Uh, patience doesn't always mean staying still. It does not mean we're giving up. It does not mean we don't want to see change. It doesn't always just mean waiting around and doing nothing. Sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't. Uh, patience actually has much more, uh, not as much to do about uh, waiting as it has to do about understanding what you can and cannot control. As Proverbs 14 says, whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. Patience really is about trying to understand the situation. To understand it from God's perspective, to listen to someone else and understand it from their perspective. It's understanding what you can control and can't control. I mean, uh, this is where patience comes from. I mean, say again, you're stuck in traffic. Understanding the situation is, I actually can't do anything about this. Not a thing. I can honk my horn. I can bang on my steering wheel. I can look like I'm freaking out of my car. I can get really stressed out. But that's not going to change what's happening, you know, a kilometer down the road. I can't control this. So I'm just going to sit there and redirect my time to prayer or to listening to something or breathing deeply or whatever it might be. That, that's patience. It's understanding the situation. You, you can't control it. Or you know, you're dealing with you know, your, your teenage son or daughter and they're just frustrating because you are from different generations or whatever. You know, patience is understanding that their world is different than yours and, and they're not in the same spot and trying to listen to the story. A lot of patience 
it's not so much waiting. It's, it's really about trying to understand the situation, understand whether you can control it or not. In fact, I love just taking the serenity prayer that many of you will be aware of. I think this is just a great definition of patience. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. That's a beautiful expression of, of what patience actually looks like in our world. Because there are things, times when God has to act. <laughs> and sometimes you patience is an excuse. Because you don't want to stand up and have courage. There's other times when God is saying you can't actually do anything about that, which you're relaxing, we're freaking out because maybe we're impatient. Now, we have a hard time with this because we're a pretty impatient society. I mean... The more technology we have and the faster our world goes, the more impatient we're getting. I mean, I thought these, these stats were kind of interesting. Uh, four in ten people give up accessing a mobile shopping site that won't lo- load in just three seconds. Like, that's just three Mississippis, <laughs> and all of a sudden you're leaving town. I mean, uh, even like Amazon calculated that a page load slowdown of just one second could cost it $1.6 billion in sales in a year. Like, like one second? Like, are we so antsy to get that new pillow that it's like, you're not loading, I'm going to like Target or wherever you shop, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's crazy how impatient we are, but, but we are so wired for speed and pace and, you know, why isn't this person getting back to me? I texted them 30 seconds ago, you know, what do you mean I got to wait a whole another week for a show to show up? I mean, what are you talking about? They're all supposed to be there. And we can get very impatient because our world is so fast paced. You know, we get impatient waiting at the airport when our plane is de- delayed. And, and yet Jesus, back in those days, was like, well, we got to travel to Galilee. Oh, it'll be three days, you know. The world was slower. There's just more patience built in, which we don't have. And we don't like sitting there. You know, I read one study that said, you know, they'll throw people in an empty room. The only thing that is in the room is a, shocky, a shock machine. <laughs> and 45% of people end up shocking themselves just because they're so bored and just can't sit there. I mean, we're not very patient. Man, I don't know about you. You probably can't see that. 1993 is when the 14.4K modem came out. I had one. That's how old I am. You know those things that went... And take you like 10 minutes to download a single picture? We're way different. Like, again, like, that page isn't loading. <laughs> not in one second. I'm just like, what is going on on the internet? Uh, Patience is a good thing to learn in our really fast-paced society. I mean, wanting the world to move faster than it can in that moment is what we often want. I like what Brittany Josie said. Life cannot and will not be controlled. Life doesn't care how badly you want it. The more you try to control, the more you become controlled. And this is the thing, is that, that our fast-paced world, is, it, it controls us. And when we're impatient, we're letting the fast-paced world control us rather than learning to sit in love and learning to sit in impatience. And a lack of patience just tends to come from fear and a desire. And we want to control other people and their behavior. And so we're often like, I'm so impatient with you because you're not acting the way I want you to. Or, you know, we want to control our huge fast-paced schedules. And so the internet is too slow. You're affecting now. I'm going to be really backed up for the day because I had to wait five more seconds for the internet page to, to load. I mean, we want to control and we're afraid of things and so we, we, we get impatient about things. But Proverbs 19 says, a person's wisdom yields patience. 
It is one's glory to overlook an offense. Or Ephesians 4, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. And so here it's talking about not controlling people or not expecting too much for people, or not expecting that they're going to change faster than you want, that we actually, because of our love and patience, we make allowance for each other's faults. Because all of us have faults, and all of us are quirky, and all of our personalities and experiences and different theologies will all clash at times, and we can get very impatient. But when you learn to live in love, there's this patience with each other. When someone is saying or doing something that's just not you, you can say, well, that's just not me. Let them go, and I'll do my thing another time. Uh, this, this idea of patience with people. Now, with all the other fruit of the Spirit we looked at, we've always seen that there's God's part and there's our part. There's something that God is doing in us and then there's something that we have to do to partner with that. And it's the same with patience. And, and again, we don't have to go searching for patience. Just like you don't have to go searching for love or joy because God is in you. And God is the God of love, He's the God of joy, He's the God of peace, and he is, he is so wrapped up in you, it's hard to even separate. I mean, we've talked about how, you know, Jesus is in the Father, and we're in Jesus, and He's in us. I mean, the presence of God is saturating your being. The God of love, the God of joy, the God of peace, and the God of patience is in you. You have all the patience you ever need. It's found in the presence of God that is in you. Just some verses on God's patience. Do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and restraint and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? That's how God woos us in love. Again, you know, we often think that it's God's anger that's going to lead us to repentance. And there's people who, who talk like that to others, you know, you know, threaten them with all kinds of whatever, so you would repent. No, it's God's kindness. It's his love. He's a good father that leads us to change. First Timothy 1, God was merciful to me in order that Christ Jesus might show his full patience in dealing with me. Do you understand how patient God is with you? He's so patient with you. He's so patient with me. You know, just, just allowing us to slowly change and just be saturated by his love. And he is so very, very patient. Second Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand his slowness, talking about the, re the return of Jesus. Instead, he is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Or Hebrews 6, when God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. And this is how patient God is. Sometimes he's just on a different schedule than us. This is why there's this whole thing called waiting on God. <laughs> because, I mean, God is just not moving as quickly as a lot that we want him to. In all kinds of areas. Like, God, where are you? Why aren't you showing up? Or why aren't you doing this? Or what's going on here? You know, God is just really patient. I mean, Abraham waited 25 years before his son, promised son, was born. Joseph waited 15 years before he kind of went from the prison to you know, the palace. Moses waited 40 years before he even got to see the promised land. And I mean, you just think about Jesus. 30 years before he started his ministry, and it was only three. You're talking about the most important person who could change the world more than anybody else, and is like, well, not till 30. Well, what about like, you know, 16? You, know, you can drive 
kind of. So back then, why couldn't you start a ministry when you're 16, especially you're talking about Jesus or, you know, 19, you can drink stuff. So why can't you teach and preach to people, you know, back then? I mean, I mean, 30, like, just like, what is the deal? Like how much more ministry Jesus could have done if he did it for 13 or 14 or 15 or 20? It's like, why'd you wait till? Because God is just way more patient than we can ever even imagine. And that God is in us. We have all the patience we ever need. It's just a matter of turning our attention into that love and patience that is in us. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the definition of love, this idea of patience. Now our part is to constantly be aware of the presence of God. I mean, in the moments where we get impatient, to turn back to the fact that we already have as much patience as we ever need. And God, in fact, God is far more patient than we can ever imagine or even want sometimes. He's just right there and he is in our being to turn our attention and to be patient. And so there are commands to be patient. Uh, here's a really, really, it's one of the easiest commands in the Bible. Uh, be patient with everyone. I, yeah, there you go. Let's try that out. Uh, Colossians 3. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion and kindness and humility, gentleness and patience, that we are to clothe ourselves with this. The, again, that's more of a mental thing because it's already there to clothe ourselves with this idea that the most patient being in the whole universe is he's in me, he is with me, and he is there. So how do we grow in patience? Well, patience. We talked about just becoming aware, of course, of the presence of God. But, you know, it's actually important to actually start to practice being patient with yourself. If you're not patient with yourself, you're just going to really have a hard time being patient with others. If you're constantly, you know, upset that you're not, you know, good enough, perfect enough, your stuff isn't defined, you're not moving fast enough, you're not, whatever it might be that you're impatient with, when you look at someone else around you who's not moving fast enough, doing things good enough, or whatever, not growing fast enough, you're going to be impatient with them. Uh, to learn to be patient with yourself. I mean, this verse applies to others, but this also applies to you yourself. Always be humble and gentle with yourself. Be patient with yourself. Make allowances for your faults. Because God loves you, and He created you, and you're His child. To to be patient. Are, are you patient with yourself? Are there areas where you're just incredibly impatient with yourself? Because funny enough, you'll probably find that where you're impatient with yourself, you will be impatient with others in, in, the, in the same area. And so learn to take the grace of God and to first apply it to yourself and to learn to be patient. And when you see how patient God is with you, and it just helps you be patient with those around you. Uh, I, I do this one a lot. Uh, when I'm impatient, is I just start asking God's questions because I need understanding. It's like, why is this moving so slow? <laughs> you know, what in the world is going on? You can just ask God, God, how do you want me to see this moment? Because I see a really slow cashier and a real long lineup and I have an appointment in 10 minutes and this is not going to work out. That's how I see it. God, how do you see this situation? And often he'll just speak something in and it's like, oh, I, I can rest in that. I understand this better. And it's incredible how much patience that can give you. Or, or God, what are you doing in this moment? And he might just say, I'm chilling. You should be chilling too. I mean, whatever it might be. Uh, but just ask God some questions to help you be patient. Uh, be a good listener. This helps when you are not being patient with somebody. Because most of the time when you hear someone's story, it helps you be patient with them. 
I mean, you can quickly judge someone about, you know, you know, they've been a Christian for 10 years and they haven't, they're still, you know, they should be more mature or something. Well, maybe they started at a minus 50 and now they're at a minus 20 and they've actually grown more than you because you started at a 10 and now you're only at 15. I mean, do you know their story? You know, their trauma and the hardships they've been through and what they've been struggling with and the losses and, and the abandonment that they've been through. And maybe that explains some of the things that you make you impatient. But if you actually knew their story and knew their life, you would have understanding about what is going on. Um, just resist the urge to fix everything immediately. Especially when it comes to your wife. I've learned that. It's not a good idea. Um, yeah, or your kids. Or anybody for that matter. I think just sometimes just rest in it. Again, listen, try to understand. Don't have to fix everything immediately. Uh, when you're feeling rushed, consciously slow down. And it's where you just turn into the presence of God. And we've done some of those exercises, you know, like breath prayers, you know. You know, God of rest, be with me. You know, things are going crazy around you. You I mean, you can, you can consciously just try to slow down and enter into the rest that God is in you. Uh, rebuild your ability to just sit and observe, which is hard for some. This is very hard for me because I'm just constantly doing stuff. Um, but it's hard to just sit there. This is something that people could do, uh, and people around the world who are in different cultures can do very easily. I mean, when I was in Africa, it's probably, I mean, people can just sit there for hours, and they're totally chill with it. And I have a hard time after five minutes. I mean, uh, but you can do it. You can rebuild your ability to just rest and, and grow in patience. Uh, create, uh, practice creative waiting. I mean, instead of being in your car freaking out, pray or listen to an audiobook or just practice different things you can do while you wait. You can start praying for family members or for your church or you can pray for me because I need lots of prayer or whatever it might be, whatever. Uh, practice creative waiting and just understand the power of rest. Uh, there is incredible power. They say, you know, the best writers are people who take the most breaks. You know, there's a lot of things like that because there's a power in rest that is restorative and the more patience you have, it can actually help you actually sometimes be more effective in this world. And I'll just finish with this. And this is the idea of just connecting with the God who is already in us, who is at rest. I mean, whatever your situation is, I mean, you might be impatient about it, but, you know, God's not, you know, up there going, ah, you know, what are we going to do with this? This is, uh, no idea. This is so freaky, you know. Jesus, you know, Holy Spirit, we got we to gotta figure this out. I mean, I just don't picture the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit freaking out. I don't picture them impatient. In fact, if anything, they're too patient sometimes. They make us wait. can make us wait for a long time. Uh, but Colossians 3 1 says, Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. I mean, it's the idea of Christ being seated. He's at rest. I mean, we are forgiven. The future of the world, no matter how hard, how hard things get, I mean, the future is bright. I mean, in the big scheme of things, things are at rest, and Jesus is at rest. And the fact is that we're with him in that rest. In Ephesians 2, 6, it says, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And sometimes when you're impatient, you just got to, you know, as Daniel said, you can use your imagination. You can just stop and just picture yourself being seated with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And if you don't have that rest in your being, you can just look into their eyes and you're going to see the rest and the patience that, patience that Jesus has and the Father has. 
and the Holy Spirit has. And, and, and that's not far because it's in and it's surrounded and it's tangled up in our being and just to allow that to soak in because God is at rest and He's working that patience in you. And He wants to be more loving. And that comes through learning to be patient with yourself and patient with having patience with each other.